0: Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on you Spurs, let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. First of all, Steve, it's great to have you back with us this week. How are you doing?
1: I am hanging in there. I'll tell you what, for all, all you parents out there, two weeks with a one-year-old and no daycare is just brutal. Especially when you're trying to work at the same time, that is not fun. Do not recommend.
0: Not fun at all. But we are glad to have you have you back with us. Although our boy Nikki Winks did a nice job in your uh, in your place last week, but there's there's no replacing old Steve. So good to have you back. And Mike, how are you today, sir? Uh,
2: I'm doing okay. Uh, that not great. I mean, I my uh, Washington football team. Uh, blew it because of uh bad coaching decisions today uh my both my fantasy football teams uh crapped the bed and um we can talk about what happened on saturday if you want to
0: we but can talk about
1: what happened on saturday I, i'm
2: usually pretty optimistic i did have i did have some more wildlife uh directly outside my window yesterday during the match um i had some turkeys out there just hanging out right outside the window of my of my, uh of my uh, living room so that was pretty interesting.
0: Mike, you're like the mutual of Omaha, you know, of, uh, of podcasters. Although <laughs> although when I say that, I may be dating both you and I, and I don't know if anybody else like, is isn't in were. the States even understands that. But yeah, you understand <laughs> what I'm saying there. So, hey, let's get to it. Uh, there's a, a football club that we love that played a match yesterday, and uh, we are here to talk about it. So, Steve, we haven't heard from you in a little while. I'd like to hear you um, start to talk to us about the match yesterday against AFC Richmond, if you don't mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure anybody even, maybe Lucas played that game. I don't know. I don't remember very many people uh, putting any effort in, but no, that was, um, you know, it's, it, that's one of those games where, you know, I, I kind of guessed what the lineup was going to be um, at least from a defensive perspective. So I was, you know, patting myself on the back for that one. Um, the, Midfield and, and attackers, they, they didn't really make much sense to me at the time. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of people commenting in the time since then, um, you know, oh, and Ndombele should have been in there, should have been in the starting lineup. Hill should have been in the starting lineup. You know, those would have changed the game. And, you know, the more I think about it, the less that seems like a good thing. So, and by that, I mean, like, take Ndombele, right? This is a guy who up until like two days ago thought that he would be moving to, you know, Barcelona or Madrid or, or Bayern Munich. You know, he was done with Spurs. You know, he wasn't, he, he, he wasn't getting himself in the match day squad. And then like two days ago, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fight for my place. That person doesn't walk right into the lineup. Like, we know that he's got issues uh, in the past with, with these, um, heavy training regimens, you know, we, we saw it a lot with Pochettino where he wasn't getting selected. And I think we all kind of wanted him to play at that point. Um, but if Nuno's got the same sort of, you know, double duty training sessions that Poch was rocking, I can't see Ndombele buying into that right off the bat. And I can't see him just sliding right into the starting 11 as a result, you know, the way that Nuno's trying to set things up, you kind of have to, it, it's a heavy teamwork game. And if you haven't put the effort in, I don't see how you slot into that. So so not having Ndombele made sense to me. Hill was the one that, that was a little more questionable. But the more I thought about it and the more that, that I, I kind of reflected on how that game went, the more I understand why Hill wasn't in from the start, you know, this is a a 20 year old guy. Who's not exactly the uh, bulkiest dude out there. Um, And, and crystal palace was playing a very physical game. You know, they were all over, you know, our our other speedy winger Lucas on the opposite side. I I imagine that it would have been the same with, with Hill. Had he been out there Um, and we probably wouldn't have gotten the same sort of defensive play um, that was pretty much all we got out of Ali, Delhi, excuse me. Um, you know, and the more and more that I just chew on that result, you know, a lot of people, you, you want to blame the players, you want to blame Nuno. Honestly, I think that entire result rests squarely on the South American contingent because you know, the way this, this, this season's been playing out so far, your first choice center back pairing, Dyer-Sanchez, every single game, they've been rock solid. All you had was Dyer, right? So Sanchez is out of the mix. He's in, you know, Croatia quarantine. Who's your backup to that? Romero. Okay, well, he's also in Croatia on quarantine. Who's your backup to that? Well, I mean, you know, Rodon has been a little injured and, you know, you, maybe you don't want to just throw him right into the fire. So let's slot Tenganga over you know we just signed this guy Emerson you know he's supposed to be good let's let's play him on right back we'll get Tanganga in the middle so already you're looking at your like fourth or fifth choice center back to slot in alongside Dyer and from a a creativity perspective I already talked about Ndombele but who else do you really have who can be that creative player right Uh, Delhi, you know they threw him out wide and that didn't work you know criticism where that's due. I don't think Nuno got that right at all. Um, but if you're not throwing him out there, you're not throwing Hill out there. There's nobody else on the left wing. You know, you've got, we, we don't have the players or, or the depth in that particular spot, especially with Bergwine out as well. I didn't even mention him. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of strapped for options, right? So you throw in Winks, you throw in Skip, you throw in Your Skip was a kind of a surprise for me. Um, but the rest of it, it's like, yeah, you know, that's kind of just who you have. Maybe Los Celso could have been that option, except again, he's in Croatia quarantining because he just had to go. The Romero one really pisses me off because he played what, eight minutes before he got chased out of Brazil. Like way to waste, you know, your time, way to waste our time and kind of screw us over in this game. Um, and matter you know things were made worse when Dyer went off injured. So now you've got your like fourth, fifth, sixth choice center backs playing in a game where you know you're trying to have a solid defensive shape. You're being pressured constantly. You've got a midfield um, that isn't really known for progressing the ball forward. You know the the it, it might have worked if you were able to unlock you know Regan and Emerson out wide they weren't getting the service, you know, you could see that Hill was probably getting primed to come on and then, Oh, there goes Tenganga sent off. So, I mean, that was literally anything that could go wrong went wrong and I'm not ready. You know, there are a couple of things I do blame Nuno on, um, you know, the team selection, you know, I, I, I want to criticize him on it because it, it sucked, but at the same time, like, who do you throw in there, right? Like this isn't FIFA. You can't just pick your highest rated player and say he's going in there. Um, As much as we'd all love Ndombele to go in there and boss the midfield. I just can't see how he would do that given the, the circumstances surrounding what's happened in the transfer window in the days past. Um, So it sucks. I think Nuno honestly tried his best. I don't think that, anything went well for Spurs, you know, I'll I'll, I'll say this. Lucas was a bright spot. He looked like one of the few people who actually gave a shit and wanted to do something. Um, The defense was actually strong until we had the injury and then the sending off. And then it was laughable. Um, But man, that was, that was a rough game to watch. And and I, I'm almost afraid of what Chelsea's going to do to us next weekend, to be honest.
0: You know, Steve, I appreciate you You made a comment that stuck with me about the midfield and about the, the left and right back and, and Mike's to transition to you. I'm thinking about things that I was optimistic about that fell apart. So I'd love to hear your reaction to these two things. One was, and I even shared with you guys when the lineup came out, I said, I kind of like this lineup because I was envisioning, okay, a stout midfield that was just going to hold its ground. And then we could see the, the backs, you know, banging up the, up the lines. That's what I envisioned. That's probably what Nuno envisioned as well um we saw how that played out and also you know when when dyer went off it's strange when uh you find yourself saying oh man dyer's leaving so now we're in trouble you know that's a that's a unique place but i was feeling a little bit optimistic like all right Rodin and tanganga you know this is something i've wanted to see this might be a a future pairing without thinking of romero you know in the in the um equation or sanchez right like those those other two guys um weren't even in the picture I was feeling good about those two things. And then those both didn't manifest. So Mike, I'm curious what your take was on both of those. And then just in general with what you saw, how'd you feel?
2: Um, So, I I mean, I feel like as, as far as the, as far as everything in, in this, in this match went, um, you know, the, 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 like Steve said the defense was pretty stout until until the Dyer injury and like you said when when you have a situation where you're like oh shit Dyer got injured now we're screwed um you know Rodon hasn't played minutes he's been he's been injured um you know where are you gonna go when you don't have the choices um I'm, I'm really concerned um, that we're gonna keep throwing, somebody like Ben Davis out there um, even if it has to be in you know a a certain a a really tough situation like we had with Dyer um, and then Tanganga going getting getting run off Um, I I think that the the physicality of Crystal Palace got to us a lot Um, I think that you know as far as as far as our midfield play went, um, I think that Hoiberg and Skip um, did not complement each other this this week, um, it, and it, quite honestly, maybe it wasn't Sissoko and Winks' combination that was fucking us over every single match that they were in together. Maybe it was the Hoiberg and Winks combination, because Winks was just at the beginning of the match. He was he was okay but he wasn't, he disappeared again. Like he always does. Um, you know, uh, the Emerson situation, I, I liked having Emerson out there. I think that I don't know if he was ready for, for the speed of Zaha. Um, I don't know if he was ready for the physicality of, of this league. Um, but you know, he, he'll fall into it. There were a lot of bright spots, a lot of bright spots with him. But, um, I really, I really enjoyed watching him out there. I think he, he genuinely looked like he was having a little bit of fun out there, but he was also very, very tied into the game and tied into his responsibility, which was Azaha who, you know, everybody knows is going to be a real thorn in everybody's side, not because of his quality necessarily, but because of the fact that, um, just because of the fact that he's just an asshole. You know? it's that's just it's just the way of it he is he's a prick and he qui- he cries and whines until he gets calls um the the way he went after tanganga i'm sorry i'm sorry like uh you know i i get that tanganga shoved him down that deserved a yellow um but he wasn't face right he, when he got back up he threw a punch and then put his hands around his around his face and neck. I can't believe that they haven't gone back and looked at that and given him a, a, a red after the fact. No question. He deserves a red, and he's a piece of shit, and I don't like him anyway. But he, I, I just want to—I want to get that off my chest before uh, I explode with this. Um, so um, outside of that, I, I didn't—I don't think I answered any of your questions, but
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm used to that, either. right? You did make a comment that I really want to just emphasize, right? Like this is Emerson coming in and playing right back in a league. He's never played in what, like two days after joining the club, you know, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, He's been with the club for like a week, but everybody's been away on internationals. He's had like two days to play with the guys he's supposed to line up with. You know, it looked like he, there was some, there was some potential there with him and Lucas, but you know, combining the fact that he's not quite sure what's going on around him. Like, you could see, um, you know, he's trying to play those balls into the midfield and, and like, Hoyberg, Skip, Winks, they're just kind of like, huh, what? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, they were at a loss. He was, you know, trying to figure things out. It wasn't the right time to do it. But again, your other options, Doherty, I would much rather play Emerson than Doherty. And honestly, if we had Sanchez and Romero available, I think Tanganga starts it right back in that game and Emerson gets a little more time to kind of bet in with the team.
2: That's a hundred percent true. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no way that Emerson gets slotted in there unless the, you know, what happened with our South American uh, contingent happened, you know? Um, so with that, you know, I, I get that, you know, it's not like American sports, you know, um, we don't have a lot of a lot of sports over here where you have to have the pride to go play for your country and you know until it's the olympics or the world cup in soccer which we haven't been part of for a few years anyway so um you know that said like i i i i don't understand why these guys who are adults being led by adults are not being told hey this probably isn't the best thing for you to do we don't want you to do it but you know i mean they went on a private jet they were on a private plane together you know they knew what they were doing they knew that what that what they were doing was wrong so i just don't i just don't understand like they knew that they were supposed to be they were supposed to have documentation that they were supposed to quarantine these guys screwed up, and and w- when you have a situation like that, you, you're not allowed to say, oh, I'm going to play for my country, because guess what? It's fucking COVID, man. It, it's a pandemic. It's been going on for two years now. Let's let's figure this out. Be an adult. You make millions of dollars. Be an adult. Millions of dollars from your club, by the way. Right. Not from your country. Well, yeah. You got, you got chaos, but.
0: um, You know, there's, there's something interesting there though. And these guys get paid millions of dollars, but they have a lot of people who do the thinking for them and make arrangements for them. Right. And I'm not being critical of their ability to, you know, make decisions, not saying that, but I am saying these guys are used to things being taken care of for them. And it's really interesting, um. To kind of look from the outside of how the club may have handled it, how their their home countries and their their association teams, association's not the right word, but their their country national teams may have handled it. Like these guys got misused, misinformed, and now they got screwed on the back end and they screw other people as right. well and, and create a situation where Emerson Royale has to start two days after he's he's new to the team. I will say though, um I was pleased with what I saw of him. You know, like I, I think we're all used to seeing players come from other countries and enter the prem and look lost that first time out on the pitch, or you know, get get that fifteen minute cameo at the end of a game. You know, whatever. He didn't it may get be.
2: abused. He didn't get yeah. abused. He didn't That's
0: get abused. True. He he held his own. He looked. Was he perfect? By no means. I think I saw ratings from like Allie Gold and some other folks. You know, in the five six range you know like okay but first match out he did not get abused and did not look lost and i was actually i was pleased with that would have loved to see him banging down the line more showing his uh his attacking intent but you know it it was what it was how about this let's uh let's let's play chicken little or everything's gonna be okay and here's what i mean i would love to hear I would love to hear um, one of you take the chicken little approach and explain to us why the sky is falling. And what we saw on Saturday is a, a sign of, of doomsday around the corner. And then I'd like to hear another person with uh, the Bob Marley approach, which is everything's going to be all right. So, um, and I'm going to let you guys pick who's going chicken little, who's going Bob Marley. Anybody want to telling you
2: right now that Steve has to do chicken little. All right. Steve, i think i think that? steve is the best at, is the best at the doomsday
1: approach all right i, 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 I might bitch more but all right <laughs> steve, mean, give us the chicken little let's hear well if you want to be entirely cynical let's let's look at how the players performed right you've got harry kane who is arguably our most valuable player from a transfer market perspective doing fuck all on the pitch I mean, he, you've got players like, you know, your Messi's, your Ronaldo's, your Lewandowski's. This dude couldn't be fucking bothered to do anything while he was out there except talk to the refs when fouls were called. Lucas was the guy who was out there trying to make things happen. Not Kane. Not something you want to see from a vice captain. Not by a long shot. And Glorious, you know, there's talk about giving him a two-year contract. The dude just fucked dire over. I mean maybe it's time you know maybe we've got our rose tinted glasses on and we're trying to offer him this contract but you know that it's stuff like that where that kind of reminds me okay well you know maybe it's time we move on and get a refresher there too um that midfields you know uh, skip shouldn't have played you know i i'm honestly shocked he did i thought he was he picked up a knock he definitely looked out of it Hoyberg's tired that dude plays all the time like but you don't have anybody to replace him with. I mean, look at the bench. It's just, you got youth players and, you know, I would love to see them get chances, but it's just not going to happen in the week. Not right now, but with nobody else there, I mean, you're, the Spurs are, are screwed for squad depth. Kane should have been sold in the summer. We should have used that money to invest in a, uh, Bunch of key areas that didn't happen. And I think we're fucked for the season. As a result, we're just going to end up with some jackass dude, you know, popping in a goal every couple of games now, but throwing absolutely no effort into it. And then you're going to rely on getting, you know, our, our our new, new toys, our, our hills and, and Romero's up to speed so that we've got something to grasp on to but these guys are going to take a while to get bedded in especially because Romero had to be an asshole and go to South America so we probably won't even see him until December it's not going to be a good couple of months we got Chelsea coming up this weekend they're going to slaughter our fifth sixth choice center backs without a doubt um and and if we don't get that win uh the midweek win uh, in France I I just don't know what I'm going to be saying about Nuno, um, you know, this time next week or in two weeks, I guess, Um, because, fuck, I mean, Chelsea, a loss to Chelsea, I can see that happening given, you know, the lack of personnel. If we can't get Bergwijn and Son fit for Arsenal and those assholes manage to get so much as a point from Spurs, then it's got to be Nuno out. It's got to be, you know, Get rid of everybody on the team and and replace them with, with people who actually give a shit. People who want to be there. Keep your Lucas on. Keep Reggie on. He wants to be here. You know, your Emerson, your Hill. Get rid of all the other dead weight though.
0: Steve, you are freaking amazing, man. That that was fantastic. So um I think See we're I on to said here. you should do it. I mean, I think geez. we're on to something here. So here's what I'm thinking. We can let this play mm-hmm. out. Chicken little Bob Marley may be a, a new segment of the, of the pod. Uh, I think it might be even more fun if we alternate every week. So like Steve, you might have to do Bob Marley next week. And Mike ha- <laughs> might have to do chicken little. So Mike, before we go to you with the Bob Marley, everything's going to be all right. I think we should pause for another segment of our show, which uh, we've come to realize the fans are, are appreciating and love. And that is the, Hey Mike, what you drinking segment?
2: So, Hey Mike, what you drinking? Well, today, uh, Dave, um, I have this uh I have this brew it's uh it's from um East Brunswick New Jersey um from uh from a place called Strides um they are uh, a, a big pharma company um it's a polyethylene glycol 3350 and electrolytes for oral solution um with lemon flavor so um I mean, that's is a white a, a white beer or what, what do you what do you got going this is on? a this is um hard i think what they would call it is a, a colonoscopy prep solution. <laughs> um so yeah uh uh tomorrow i'm having a colonoscopy <laughs> it's not always the nicest thing to talk about but i'm having a colonoscopy um and uh, I get to drink this lovely solution. I have to drink eight ounces every 15 minutes until the until a half gallon is gone. And then I get to uh, shit my brains out and uh, for the night. And then uh, I get to go to bed probably around midnight and wake up in the morning and start it all over again for my colonoscopy at three. Uh, that, that's when I have to drink the other half of this. So let's do this. Let's pour some. You're um, going to give us the report. You're going to kind of break it down. Oh, yeah, first?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. yeah. Perfect. yeah. Now, is that is that lemon flavor that they added, or did you have to take a little twist in there just to you know give it a little something extra? Oh no, they added it uh, in the
2: instructions specifically. It says you can add Crystal Light drink mix to it if you would like. Ooh, fancy! So um, we'll see if it needs it. Um, I'm
1: so looking forward to this. Wait, I know. Oh, I know. Only
0: Crystal Light? Like you couldn't add Kool Aid or anything like that?
2: Just Crystal no, Light? No, it right? says it says just think, Crystal Light. You're about 10. Right. Uh, it, it said, you know, in the instructions, you can drink Kool-Aid outside of this solution, but here we go. Up by it, does smell, it does smell like lemon. Yeah, but that could be like lemon pledge. Okay, mouthfeel. Um, it's a little <laughs> bit thicker than I imagined. Um, <laughs> it's uh, definitely got some lemon taste to it. Uh, uh aftertaste
0: or on the front end? Where, where's that lemon hitting you?
2: Uh, I think it hits you in the front end on uh but it, it is a, it's a little salty. Okay. Um, if you will. Um, I think there's a lot of salt in there because it's supposed to help you retain the water and it flushes basically takes all the water out of your body and flushes it through your system. It's
0: like a liquid rotor rooter for your for your body. It is, right? <laughs> yeah. it really
2: is. Um, I would never suggest having to do this unless you're a male over 40 years old. Uh, it's a your colon health is a big deal so uh this this is also a psa for this week maybe next week we'll get back to drinking some really good brew but for now uh, i'm going to give this a fucking 0. 0.5 out of five it's, <laughs> it's tall it's barely tolerable and i would never suggest that anybody do this unless you absolutely have to so I'm on, the, on the first
1: versus crystal palace right <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs>
0: Mike first we uh we respect and appreciate you. Second, we feel for you having to take that down, but we're we're hoping everything goes well tomorrow. And just for the listeners, um Mike's Mike's round of uh of his lemon drink is is due to wrap up right about the time we finish the podcast. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. We may end very quickly. Uh you can't see us, but we'll, I'll be watching for signals from from our boy Mike. So Mike, that was another uh another yeah, if new I, if episode. I just like-
2: yeah, like if, if I give you the hand signal I'm out
0: thanks for your latest installment of uh, hey Mike what you drinking I appreciate that and I also want to say I just got a, I got a text from my son who's in the other room who did say that the uh, chicken little Bob Marley segment is a fantastic idea and he loves it so we've already got positive feedback from a listener but Mike let's go to you uh, give us the everything's going to be alright routine on on yesterday's match and now after drinking
2: this I don't know if everything's going to be alright <laughs> um, <laughs> I can tell you that, um, you know, I, I, think I said it before that early it's early in the season right now, you know, we're, we're four matches in, you know, I guess we can sit here and blame these guys for us losing to crystal palace, the, the, uh, South Americans. However, I don't, I, you know, I don't think the sky is actually falling. I, I don't think that, that we're going to be in that much trouble, um, you know, I, I think a big part of it is you have to stay healthy, you know, um, the, the problem the problem with that is um, when you are in, put through such a tough training regimen that, and you're playing games on top of that training regimen, it gets hard, harder and harder to keep yourself healthy. So it, it, it's the stuff that you have to do off the field to, to keep yourself healthy, um, like drinking this shit. Um, but I can, I, you know, I I think that we have attacking options on both sides. We have in, in heel and Lucas and Bergvine and son that can, that can play. So we have backups for those, for, for all those positions. We don't have a backup for number 10 and I'm fucking calling him number 10 because we'll get into that after I'm done with this part of the segment, but um we have the only place that we're really lacking is in the defense and and again those guys are going to be coming back those guys are going to get back into form we're going to get them on the field and and po- probably next time they'll think of you know in another 3 4 weeks when they have to go on international duty that they'll go back to <laughs> What have you done, David? <laughs> uh, Dave put us in an immersive view, so it looks like we're all in a studio together. Um, so, you know, when we when those guys come back, they're going to slot right in. We're, everybody's going to, you know, we're going to get to a point where, where everybody's comfortable playing with each other, playing the roles that they're playing. You're not going to have to see emergency Ben Davis out there, uh, even though <clears throat> it looks like Eric Dyer was on crutches, so he's he's probably going to be out for the foreseeable future. Um, You know, we're going to get guys back. We have good young core. We have um, Skippy out there playing his ass off. We have Deli in a basically a new position playing his ass off. And Deli had a really good game, and I think that it was overshadowed by the fact that you know we got we got pushed around by this team, Um, but in the end. It's early in the season, man. You know, Nuno's Nuno's not a goddamn miracle worker. He's not going to come and turn a team around in four matches. You have to give him some time. You know, I'm not I'm not as pessimistic as Steve on the on the Arsenal matter. Um, those fucking assholes. They're probably going to come in and put on a fucking good performance because, you know, when I was a kid, my dad always said when it came to playing Rutland High School in football, that was our crosstown rival. You know, we had like a hundred year rivalry with them, you know, and and he said it doesn't matter what the records are and how the season has been played. And it's the and it's the the cliche you always hear. Any given Sunday, well, my dad used to say, any given Saturday, the worst team can beat the best team. And Arsenal right now are one of the fucking worst teams. That they were lucky to get a point, to get three points this weekend. So let's not let's not jump off the goddamn bridge yet. We're not ready to jump off the bridge. It's like I said. I, I keep saying it over and over again. It's early in the season, and I said it before let's not crown Nuno King of, you know, King of England, just because, you know, they won three games. It's still early in the season. We got to manage expectations.
0: I think that's reasonable and managing expectations is key. You know, um, I don't know a single Spurs fan that I've spoken to or that I've heard speak about it that thought that Spurs were going to win the league this year right no we no we had the we had the good fortune to be on top of the table uh for a for a very small stretch while while the scum were bottom of the table that was great just to say hey look at that but in reality i think we all know that fourth fifth sixth or seventh um we all expect we expect our squad to end up somewhere in one of those positions um i have a hard time not seeing chelsea win the league, but we also know that, you know, who knows what United and and city end up doing in Liverpool. Let's be honest, you never count Liverpool out. It doesn't matter if they're lingering, you know, in the, the low single digits, they're going to creep their way up when, when things are all said and done. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's worth getting too brokenhearted and upset about. But back to Steve's Chicken Little dynamics, there are some worrisome pieces in place, and there are some dynamics in play. My hope is that Saturday's match was a bit of a wake-up call for a number of people, you know, up and down the roster and up and down the coaching staff and the the executive uh, offices of Spurs. We'll see. We'll see what happens as we move forward. Speaking of that, Steve, why don't you talk to us a little bit about um, if you know anything about the midweek match coming up against wren which i wanted to pronounce p- correctly for mike but perhaps more importantly because we're not too concerned about that midweek match any thoughts you might have on chelsea as we look ahead to next weekend
1: well i'm going to keep the chelsea preview um brief honestly i i can't see spurs getting even a point there i mean just the thought of of somebody like Romelu Lukaku going up against a, a center-back pairing of what is likely to be Davies and Roden again. I mean, there, there's the outside chance that Romero and Sanchez are, are able to to hop in, but I, I think that they finished their quarantine like the the day before or two days before, so I don't know if there's enough time for them to, you know, hop in there that might be an option, but I mean, if we start that lineup with a center back pairing of Davies and Roden versus Lukaku, that's, that's, I mean, you might as well just turn it off at a certain point because that's not going to look pretty. Um, but Ren, Ren is a much more winnable game, um, for a number of reasons. Their best player, um, went to, went to Real Madrid, um, their best player by far they're sitting in 11th right now um in league Un for our <laughs> french i gave it my best shot um i don't know if we have any french listeners but after that we may
0: not have any french listeners just just for the record
1: that's fair you know i given that i live so close to the canadian border you would think that i would pick some of this stuff up but no I've got you know a, a lot more Portuguese blood in me. I can't French. I can't do French. It just doesn't happen. But yeah, um, just give. So you're me, a Ronaldo fan then? No, sorry, Brazilian Portuguese. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah, not the uh, not the other one. Um, but yeah, just looking at them, you know, they they've got negative goal difference in the league. They haven't really performed terribly well. They've got one win, two draws, two losses. Um, they're not really looking like an a a goal scoring threat that might not matter against spurs to be honest but um more importantly they're a little leaky at the back um so there are opportunities there i see this as being um a a game where we get to see more of like a a a hill up front um honestly I, i i struggle i i wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of the same players that played on um Saturday morning uh, on Thursday, just because, you know, we don't really have many options. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Nuno said, you know what, let's just give the youngsters another shot. Um, You know, it's the group, it's a group stage. We've got time to make up ground. If we, if we get an early loss, maybe you see Dane Scarlett out there. Um, You know, maybe you see some, some more Academy products, uh, you know, on the bench or or maybe even slotting into the eleven. Um, but it, it does feel like this is, this should be a winnable game for us. Um, and if we don't win, I think that it's going to be, we're going to have to start having the conversation about the mentality of the team, right? Cause we've seen in the past when Spurs string together a number of losses, especially against teams where you feel like they should be winning, um, you got to question the mentality. It hasn't been there in the past. I don't know that it's going to be there. If things continue, this for me is the must win game of the week. Lose to Chelsea. I don't think anybody blames you for that. You know, that, that Tuchel has got that team well oiled and firing on all cylinders. I don't know that anybody would say, yeah, you know, we should have beat them. We're not going to, I, I don't expect that. I would be thrilled with a draw to be honest but this, this game on Thursday, that for me, you win that game. And, and maybe we can start taking that Bob Marley, you know, everything's going to be all right approach, Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm actually super excited for it. I do think that there's opportunity for squad rotation with some of those Mm -hmm. players coming in. And if those guys like your Dane Scarlet's can, can, you know, jump into that and kind of grab it by the scruff and, and, prove to Nuno because if, if there's anything that Crystal Palace game showed especially from a, a, an attacking perspective nobody should be safe on this team not even Harry Kane number 10 oh, you, you know bro. start versus Ben and and he does well you have to start you know wondering okay well if he's gonna try if he's gonna put an effort into it maybe you want to start having that conversation with Kane like hey you know you're not untouchable I doubt he gets dropped anytime soon you know I'm not saying you know uh, Scarlett plays well in France he starts against Chelsea not not at all I, I still think Kane gets that but the question has to be asked you can't have people on your team who feel untouchable
0: yeah on that on that note Mike I, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but can you talk more about the the number 10 disappearing act and um, what that looks like to see to see potentially the best striker in the world um, be invisible against a, a team that it, you know is, is maybe in my opinion more a, a top end championship caliber team as opposed to a premier League team. what What's your take on on number 10's invisibility?
2: Yeah, I, 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 you know, I read a couple of different articles saying how he was, you know, how he was locked down, um, and then I heard, uh, then I read another one that said that he was, he was let down by his teammates who didn't get the ball to him, and and, you know, when when I so, here's what I was thinking today. I was watching the Leeds match against Liverpool. Um, and for what it's worth, you know, Leeds Leeds gives their best with what they have, right. That team is their forward players are constantly, constantly running at the, at the, um, at the defensive backs, constantly running at the goalie. They're constantly running at the ball. And, and I know that's not our style of play and so on and so forth, but you have to have a little bit of accountability when you don't, when you don't have the ball, always be moving without the ball. And what I saw at a number 10 was this fucking lazy, laxadaisical kind of walking around the pitch when he didn't have the ball. The only time we saw him get even a, put on a, even a little burst of speed was when he was near the box and he could get the ball, not necessarily from a pass, but maybe win a ball that was near him. He bursted through and, you know, it, it seems like he's maybe, I've been blind to it all these years, but maybe he is just a penalty merchant. You know, maybe that's what he's looking for. I don't know. He's one of the best strikers in the world. When he's got the ball at his feet, God damn, he can be a magician but it doesn't look like he's putting in the effort to do that. And to me, I think that's why you saw Lucas, you know, dribbling all over the fucking place, trying to find an opening to score. Luke Lucas had the only two shots in the game. He had the only shot on target in the game. And it was kind of a weaker shot because he didn't have any options because asshole number 10 was walking around out there. I can't, stand laziness on a a field with guys who are getting paid to play a game and guys who think that they're worth as much as they are if you are worth that much then god damn it harry kane do something about it show everybody that you are worth it because lukaku's out there showing everybody that he's worth it you know danny angs is out there uh that fucking I'm not even going to mention his fucking name uh, in Lester, that prick in Leicester. I can't stand Jamie Vardy. I just said it. God damn it. I can't stand that. <laughs> I were going to
1: talk about Ronaldo for a second.
2: I'm, and I'm going to say, God damn it. Ronaldo <laughs> knows that he's one of the, he is one of the best in the world at what he does and God damn it. He's going to show it on the field. He's always in a position to make it to, to have himself, you know, succeed and, don't give me this crap about his teammates not trying to set him up. If you're not in position to make a run, you're not in position to m- make a play at the ball. Then your your midfield teammates are not going to be able to help you out. Yeah, Mike, you know, Mike, I saw. I, I was going to
0: say, Steve, I want to turn to you. I saw exactly what you just verbalized, which was the only time I saw Harry Kane hustling was just on the perimeter of the six-yard box when he had a shot at the ball and he looked to be seeking a foul. That, that really was the only time that I saw him um, making that move. Mike just let out a grimace as he continues to enjoy his his beverage of, of choice tonight. Steve, <laughs> I want to go to you on that, but also I want to ask you this, Steve. Um, I think about big moments in Spurs history across the, the past couple of years, and one one common thread is – Harry Kane has often not been a part of those big moments, uh, but Sonny has. And the absence of son yesterday was also something significant we haven't talked about yet, but but has has been felt. Um, so I'd love to hear you, your take on the importance of, of a healthy son to the team as well. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, so first on the number 10, you know, the thing that, I, that really pisses me off about it is we saw a lot last season. If he's not getting the service, which happened very regularly last season that's not a new thing he often dropped deeper you know almost to like a midfield role um you know to try to receive the ball and turn and make things happen i didn't see much of that for him um on saturday you know he he just didn't seem interested in doing any of that um son is a huge miss for two reasons right the partnership that son and kane have is without a doubt one of the most lethal in the league. Not having him there, it just, it hurts, right? Kane and him almost have like this telepathic connection at times where they just know what the other's going to do. And without that, you know, you, you lose a dimension of your play. The other thing that hurt is Son is a naturally wide player. Lucas is a naturally wide player. You know, if we had both of those options available to stretch it, Nothing goes, you know, not as much goes through uh, uh, the middle there, you know, maybe that relieves some pressure that we were feeling on, on guys who, you know, like, like winks, like skip, who just, you know, weren't a hundred uh, percent. Hoybeard too. Uh, you know, if, if we had the ability to go out wide, that helps. But the fact of the matter is we only had one wide guy, Lucas, right and when you've only got a wide guy and a center guy it's really easy to compact that pitch and make it very narrow and hard to play down so yeah Sun was a huge miss um delhi out on the left wing did not really get anywhere near what we needed um and you you know you got to feel bad it it's not his position it's never really been his position You know, he's always best centrally and not really as a creative player, right? He's always that guy who kind of ghosts in at the end to, you know, feed on the scraps, uh, you know, that, that cutback, the uh, loose ball that, that nobody else is getting to. He can't really do that out wide. And, you know, the way that Nuno has been playing in this season has been more defensively, which to his credit, he's been pretty good at. He had a great, I don't know if you remember, he had, there was one block where, uh, you know, Palace was lining up the shot and he just, threw himself at it you know this this dude from a defensive perspective like yeah he hustled he tried but from a creative lens offered nothing um you know and and again if we were able to to get a sub off you know maybe winks for hill um and and offer another wide option perhaps this is a different game we see something a little different but it just wasn't to be this week and and you know Yeah, there are other areas of the pitch, you know, the the wide areas in particular where we really need to improve on, you know, Lucas isn't the most prolific of finishers, you know, having Sun back is going to help for sure. Um, But it's, in my opinion, it's not too early um, to, to lay down the criticism on number 10, especially considering he thought he was worth a hundred million dollar move. And from what I saw, out there i don't think he's worth a 20 million dollar move you know he's he's he does fuck all for the team right now you want that move you want to go and and win your trophy somewhere else or sorry be gifted your trophy somewhere else because you know an oil state can just buy it for you mm-hmm. at this point fucking earn it dude like come on you have to try uh, and, and and again this isn't unique to just this season he did that a lot last season too the difference is i think that Having some there kind of made it a little less obvious, right? Like he had somebody to bounce it off and, and, and rake in those awesome numbers. You know, he had incredible goal scoring and assist tallies last year. Do that again, dude. And maybe you've earned a move, but I'm not seeing shit from you so far. You know,
2: Steve, the thing is that, that when, when we're looking at guys who are at the end of their contracts Guys who are so guys who are going to be free agents. Guys who want to move somewhere. Guys who are, you know, on on a track to be to be being a superstar in a league. Um, they want that big payday. They want that move. But if they think they're worth the money that they're worth, right? Why don't you put up a season that shows that you're worth that money? You know, Modric did it. You know, I mean, why why can't we knew Modric wanted to leave, and when he got, you know, he didn't get to go to Chelsea. He went to Real Madrid because he had the season, the season of his entire career that year before. So, I mean, you always see these guys who are, you know, they're going to be free agents. We want to. I want a lot of teams coming after me. I'm going to have the season of my life. I, I don't, and I just don't understand if. You know, maybe it's just him taking time to to work his way into a new system and get, you know, get some work in and get on the field and get used to it. But, and he always takes two or three matches to get into the swing of things, but for fuck's sake, stop walking around.
0: Yeah, but you know what's interesting, Mike, is, um, had he shown up to start training on time, he might have gotten all this out of his system by now right so here we are I just just a quick quiz for both of you steve how many premier league assists does harry kane have right now after after four premier league matches that's goose zero egg. mike how many uh premier league goals does harry kane have after four premier league matches um, um zero yeah so the season is 10 percent over right if we want to think of it that way okay. um and and he's got the big goose egg on on both of those and and mike to your point like in what could be your final year, if you're looking to leave, that's when you should show up more than ever. And, and I'll be honest with you, if, if I'm Fabio Paratici or if I'm Daniel Levy and I'm looking at players as assets the way you need to look at them as um, in that position, I'm a bit concerned, right? Because every time he steps out and does what he did on Saturday that value is declining and you start to say to yourself like man we may maybe we should have accepted a crappy 75 million dollar offer from from city because he may not be worth it by the time we get to next summer i hope harry kane proves everything i just said wrong i hope to your point mike he he just needs time to bed back in with the team he's been a part of for you know a decade um i i i pray that uh things sort out in a week or two from now we're talking about you know the fact that he had a hat trick and all is well you know chicken 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 little dead and bob marley's rocking but i don't know right now it just is concerning i'm gonna tell you
2: yeah i know i feel the same way and i sit here and bitch and complain and and call him an asshole and call him lazy but i mean man what a diva what a goddamn diva like and he's the ugliest goddamn diva ever on the planet you know i got a i got a guy i work with who calls him uh the mouth breather. <laughs> <laughs> he does kind of look like uh like Beavis. But I, and I said, you know what? I I no, he's he's pretty. He's he's a handsome looking dude. You know, you get him in a Dior in a Dior uh, advertisement or something like that. He's like next to next to TB12 with a black suit and a black tie. They're gonna both look good. You know, they're not the best looking guys on the planet. Neither am I. I mean, you know, but. I don't ever claim to be, and I'm not a diva, you know, or maybe. maybe I don't not, know. Yeah. Mike, I don't know, man. I, I think Tom Brady's
0: a pretty handsome dude when it comes down to it. I don't have any problem saying that, but I would, uh, I would not put number 10 in, in number 12's league, but that's just me. And, you know, I'm not even a Patriots fan or a or Buccaneers fan now, but yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't put them in the same party. Just me though. You Let's know, I go would on. Say
1: this entire conversation, you can apply the exact same thing to Ndambele. Just saying, you know, everybody who was out there screaming, oh, Indomitly should have started. Indomitly should have been the creative guy out there. He's the exact same type of, of, you know, personality that Kane is right now, right? He's somebody who thought he was getting a big move away. What has he done to deserve it? Fucking nothing.
2: You know, no, I, I think I think I, we said that earlier in the season, too, after he threw his little, or maybe in the preseason when he threw his little hissy fit during the, during the open uh, training.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. He did. And and by the way, quick quiz, Steve, how many Premier League minutes does Ndomboy have after four matches? Zero. Also zero, right? So again, I hope he proves us all wrong. I I I can't wait to see him prove us all wrong. I can't wait to see him work magic in a midfield that's balanced and and create. But right now, um he's an asset whose value is going down as opposed to up, and that's that's the concern. Let's uh hey, let's let's transition. Let's talk uh closing comments. Anything else you want to share? get off your chest before we before we leave for the night. Steve, let's start with you. Anything to take away with?
1: Ah, uh, just that I really hope that, you know, when Nuno gets these guys back in training, he gives just about every single one of those guys a quick swift kick to the ass and tells them, you know, exactly what they need to hear. Don't do that shit again. You're here to play. You're here to play for this team. Put the fucking effort into it you know, especially to guys like Kane, to guys like Ndombele who think that they're worth way more than they are right now. You want that big move? You want to be that, that you know, $100 million player that, you know, Real Madrid wants to sign, Bayern Munich wants to sign? Fucking go out there and show us that you're that player. You know, fucking Jack Graylish did that for Aston Villa before he was sold. You know, he showed up, he put the effort in, he got his move, you know, and, and and for all his faults, I got to credit him for that. You know, he did not throw a hissy fit. You know, oh well, you, I want my move. Man, you know, like he actually showed up. He he tried. He is somebody who I feel deserved it. And if these guys want the move, you know, that's fine. I'm like like we were saying last season. If Kane wants to move to win trophies, that's fine. But fucking show you deserve it, dude. Like you can't just coast to it because you think you deserve it you have to prove to everybody that it's something that you actually deserve and Iran can't can't argue with that
0: steve how about you mike any closing comments from you
2: yeah again it's early in the season um you know guys have to get used to this this the, the process um we have to get used to you know we have to get ready for uh, some tough losses and some, maybe some surprising wins. You never know. That's it. I don't think we're going to beat Chelsea. Um, but, you know, don't be surprised if we luck out, you know, we might've lucked out against, uh, against Manchester city, you know, um, not that Manchester city had, um, you know, Mason Mount and Christian Pulisic and, and uh, Romelu Lukaku and, um, any other host of Timo Werner and, and, and whoever else wants to be named on that team. Um, Kai Havertz, we can put him in there too. I mean, the, the, uh, and then they just got Saul too. I mean, it, it's that team is sick, dude. If they don't win, if they don't win uh champions league, then I, I don't know, man, I don't know what's going on, but, um, that said it's, it's early in the season. Let's not freak out yet. Let's not get ready to fire Nuno. Um, let's take our players. If you want to be that kind of a fan, let's take your players to task and expect more out of them, you know, expect more, but don't get down on your team. Cause you've lost a game. I know it sucks. And we all feel like shit right now, but guess what? There's a game on Thursday. You know, there's another game on Saturday, you know, we can go down the road that we, when we started this podcast that we were going down, where we were pissed off every week, we can do that. <laughs> it, it is good therapy and it helps, but you know, again, it's early in the season, We'll we'll get through this. And um, on a closing note, um, I, I can say that um, I'm really regretting scheduling this uh, colonoscopy
0: <laughs> Mike we're we're just pleased you made it to the end we, we don't look forward to yeah, the rest of your evening but yeah you made it to the end so with that we it's are not so spurs-
2: aggressive is it
0: <laughs> we are wicked spursy we we appreciate all of you who are listening Mike and Steve I appreciate you gentlemen take care of yourselves and everyone else take care of yourselves come on you spurs coys coys
2: coys have a great day <laughs> be safe